Welcome to Senior Times Travel Pod, in association with Travel Department. Hi, I'm Gary Cook, and you are welcome to another Travel Pod. Now, last time out, we talked about Italy in most of its diversity, but Italy is long and we didn't have enough time. So today, in association with Travel Department, we return to Italy for part two. Um, I'm talking to our travel expert uh, and former tour guide, Gina Hingerty. Gina, good morning. Good morning. Gina, Italy, part two. There are so many places, as you said, you could spend a lifetime looking at um, Italy. Uh, but we have got to get through a number of things. Uh, so why don't we start on some of the uh, destinations we didn't touch on last week, such as the Italian lakes up in the north, Lake Garda, Lake Como, Lake Maggiore. Travel department offer holidays to all of these places. And they all sound like wonderful destinations. So uh, what can you tell us about them? Well, in a typical week, in any of those uh, lake regions, Lake Como, Lake Maggiore or Lake Garda, you would have a lovely hotel stay and you would head off every other day more or less on, a, on an excursion to see uh, one of the highlights of that particular part of the lakes region. And I suppose the largest and most well-known lake would be Lake Garda. Um, staying in a lovely lakeside town such as Riva del Garda or Limone, which you may guess is called Limone because it's covered in citrus orchards. You would have a chance to, you know, get to know the place you're staying in, walk around lovely cobbled streets, stop at lovely cafes, gaze out at the lake, get your bearings, and then you would head off, if you were staying in Lake Garda, to Verona and Venice on day excursions. And you'd also have a boat trip if you're staying there in the summer months to uh, see some other small towns around the lake. Or in the winter time or in the spring, you would go to Bolzano, which is a medieval city um, in towards the Dolomites region. So it's all surrounded by mountains. The lake is wide and blue. It's covered in boats going back and forth to all the lovely little places you can also visit in your free time. And um, people love it. It's uh, if, even if you're into water sports or just relaxing, it has something for everybody. So you mentioned Verona there, a tale of two families, of course. Yes, uh, yes. I, I was in uh, Romeo and Juliet at one point in my history. So what is Verona oh. like and what do you get with, with travel department on the, on the holiday? Okay, uh, visiting Verona, you go for a walking tour through the city. It's very, very um, historic and civilised and um, not... A hectic place at all it's a really nice sightseeing city and um the highlight of it really is visiting juliet's balcony and of course <laughs> yes. uh, the greatest photo opportunity of that particular tour um and lots of free time to you know wander around have some lunch uh, try some local specialities uh, a nice leisurely excursion full of history full of history yes yes and also the amp the opera um venue of course where they have the festival every year uh, for about four weeks in in the arena di verona amphitheater and how long does it take to get there 
Um, it's about uh, an hour or so from Lake Garda. Okay. Yeah, depending on which part of the lake you're staying on, but it's very, very accessible. And Verona is between Lake Garda and Venice. Venice is a little bit further. And Venice is the other big day out. Everybody, it's probably the highlight for, for many people to have a whole day in Venice. I've heard so much about Venice. Tell me about Venice. I love hearing about it, and I always hear something different about it. People always mm. say something different. So what's your, what's your experience and thoughts on, on Venice? Um, well, I suppose all the famous sites, first of all, like um, uh, Piazza San Marco, St. Mark's Square, where, you know, pigeons are uh, very populous there. <laughs> and people love to have a, a glass of sparkling wine or a, or a coffee in St. Mark's Square, but that would be the most expensive place to do so. Um, if when you're wandering around the little alleys and back streets, you will come across some very local places where you can have a nice uh, snack or a drink and soak up a lot more atmosphere than you would in St. Mark's Square because wonderful though it is and impressive as it is, it is um, the most popular tourist uh, spot in Venice itself. So as you walk around, you'll pass the Rialto Bridge, which is also very famous. Everybody will recognize that. Um, uh, traveling by um, little uh, ferry taxis, I suppose you could call them, is also interesting thing to do because you're traveling on the water as opposed to walking through the streets and you're looking at the Doge's Palace and all the other famous landmarks from, from that vessel. Uh, that gives you a great perspective on how the city was built on the water um, and how unique it is and how precious it is. Nobody should take Venice for granted because, as we all know, it won't be there forever. Is that a, a certainty? Uh, I believe so. Now, I don't think it'll be in our lifetime, but every um, wintertime, for example, if there are heavy rains, they have to put up a little mini platform pavements in the streets so that people can walk above the rising water levels. Uh, that doesn't tend to happen in the, in the season when we're going on holidays to Lake Garda and visiting there for the day, <laughs> happily. Uh, and a, a lot of what I've heard about, it, or one, one thing I have heard, is that it can be quite crowded. So when is the best time to go to Venice and what will be the best time, you think, or the best way of structuring your visit? Well, you'd be going on a guided excursion and um, if you're traveling in the less popular months for travel, um, maybe in October, for example, you wouldn't encounter too crowded a situation. Um, probably most months, though, Venice is very, very busy because m people who are going to Italy, um, especially if they're from very far away, they like to take in all the main cities, say Rome, Venice, Florence, and they will, you know, it'll be high on their list to see. Um, so you, you can't really avoid the crowds. Um, but you will meet some locals as well going about their daily business. And like I said, when you have some free time there, you can wander around some uh, small alleyways and see real Venice life as well as the famous places. Okay, so uh, moving along to the other lakes of yes. Northern Italy. Um, what about uh, Como, Lake Como? Lake Como. Lake Como is very famous as a place for... Um, the rich and famous, but it's not only for the rich and famous, of course. Um, and a certain 
famous film star has put it on the f- covers of all the magazines in recent years. That being... Uh, that being George. George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's hoping for a glimpse of, of him. But there's plenty more to see there. And um, on a travel department holiday, uh, the stay is in uh, Tremezzo or Cadenabia, right on the lake shore, um, with beautiful views from everywhere you look. And on your first day, you go on... A short boat trip across to um, a place called Bellagio, which is another lovely town on the lake, the other side. And the guide walks everybody around so that they get to know where everything is, uh, where you can get a nice coffee, where you can get the best view for your photos, uh, where you can just start to listen to the locals all speaking Italian, um, see lovely flower arrangements. It's very, very picturesque. Um, Everything is beautifully tended. Everything is very unspoiled. You don't see lots of plastic signage or anything like that. It's just as it should be. And a bit of glamour here and there as well, both in Bellagio and in the places where you'll be staying. You know, people in that part of Italy, they like to dress up and they like a bit of occasion and they love their restaurants. There's very, very good restaurants there where you can try lake fish and lovely local wines. There's a sparkling wine from that part of the world called Francia Corta, which is the rival to Prosecco. And in many people's opinion, is better. Now, is it a bit more expensive, given that the rich like to frequent this place, or is it for all kind of budgets? It's certainly not any more expensive than our cost of living. Okay. No, and in many cases, um, you get better value, especially when you're eating out and having a drink. And with the view that you'll get while you're having your drink, that's something you can't buy anywhere. Um, But I would say, no, in general, Italy is not more expensive than than Ireland. Um, And because some of the holidays are on half board, you know, some meals will be included. But those that aren't, the guides will be happy to recommend restaurants where you can get maybe a set menu lunch for a very good price. Um, And depending on people's preferences, suggest different places to to try while they're there. And Lake Maggiore, it sounds luxurious. Yes, Lake Maggiore is a dreamy sort of a, a vista you'll have there. Um, again, the hotels are right on the lake shore in Streza and Baveno. Streza is quite a famous town there. Lovely shops. Everybody loves Streza for shopping. And um, right across the way from where you'll be staying would be the Borromean Islands. Isola Bella, Isola Madre and Isola Pescatori. So Pescatori is the fisherman's island and that's mostly inhabited by fishermen or families who came from fishing stock. Um, That's uh, a lovely stop on the excursion that's included in the holiday. And um, Isola Madre, I think, is the one with the beautiful gardens and people who who love gardening and who have a garden at home will be enchanted by uh, Isola Madre. Um, Isola Bella is where the palace is so on three different islands okay you're going on a ferry and then you'll get off uh, onto different boats at different stages but everybody helps you on and off the boats it's very very tranquil it's very civilised and each of those islands is a unique experience that um, is a highlight of the holiday they certainly sound like unique experiences Mm. yes they are very very different yeah so Every, as we discussed before, every part of Italy is very, very different from north to south, from east to west. 
but in the north, I suppose one of one thing they have in common, the lakes, uh, the different lakes destinations, is that there's beautiful mountain scenery as well as, yeah. And where would you be flying into Milano would be one? Or? Yes, you were, Milan Malpensa is the closest for Lake Como. Mm. Um, for Lake Garda, you would probably fly to you, Milan Linate or possibly Verona or possibly Venice. It depends really um, on the, d- the date that you're traveling. Um, so, and for Lake Maggiore, it could be one of the Milan airports. Yeah, yeah they're about two, just over two hours flight time. Is it? Yeah, about 2.20 two or 2.5, two yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. Sure. Very easy. And as always, in one of the travel department holidays, they everything is taken care of, right? Everything is taken care of. Your flight, your transfers on arrival, you'll be met by um, a guide, given lots of tips and explanations, um, and settled into your hotel by your guide. And then you can have a little rest before you start off on your programme of excursions. But as I mentioned, they're very well spaced out, so... There's plenty of time to rest and relax and um, do your own thing. Um, Even go for a swim in the lake if you want to, obviously, weather permitting, because uh, some of the holidays take place in maybe spring or autumn. But um, in Lake Garda in particular, there are little beach establishments where you can go for a swim. Well, that shouldn't put too many people off really i know people who swim on christmas day here yes indeed in, yeah in Balscadden. yeah yeah that and, is not and you wouldn't have to take your dry robe with you when you go <laughs> to italy <laughs> uh okay let's go down south again uh, down towards the adriatic uh, coast and mm. and Pu- uh, puya puya is that how you say it puglia puglia yes okay Yes. You've got to put on the Italian accent. Don't yeah, you? oh, indeed. Puglia. Yeah, Puglia. Yeah. It's in the heel of Italy, if you imagine Italy mm. as a, a boot, as we do when we look at the map. Um, and it's, again, a hugely different um, part of the country. It's chiefly agricultural. Um, and depending on the time of year that you go there, you'll see, you'll always see olive groves, just as far as the eye can see, it's kind of lovely silvery green colour and... Uh, the olive oil from Puglia is world-renowned. Um, so that's one of their uh, the main products. But they also, if you go in the spring, you'll see swathes of cherry trees dotting the landscape, which is really, really pretty, as you can imagine. And it's very green, even though it's a very dry region. Um, but they grow um, grapes, all kinds of vegetables, um, as well as the olives and um it, it's, a, it's a very, very food-producing region. It has lovely historic cities, coastal and inland, and the most famous is Lecce, um, which is built from a kind of a golden-coloured stone, which makes it really, really beautiful to look at. They call it the Florence of the South, but it's not as complicated as Florence. Um, it's, it's very simple to walk around. There's lots of Roman ruins there as well. Um, and the guides really bring it alive for uh, the visitors. You know, they get a lovely day out in Lecce and can soak up some of the culture of, of Puglia as well as what they might see on the journey to Lecce. Uh, but the other very, very iconic emblem of, of Puglia is the Trulli, which are conical roofed little dwellings, white with um, slate roofs, very, very pretty Um and people lived in them, and some still live in them, even though they're very tiny. They're very practically laid out inside, uh, these circular dwellings. 
Uh, and the most famous town is Alberobello, which is full of Trulli. And um, the holiday includes a visit to that town where you can um, go inside a, a Trullo and see how people live in it. Some of them are converted into shops or other, you know, businesses. And um, it's also a very nice place for ice cream. They do have lovely ice cream in Alberobello. Uh, and we'll take a little break now. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie. Doro. Make friends with innovation. Welcome back. I'm talking to Gina Hingerty about Italy. And we are uh, flying down now to... Uh, Puglia. Puglia. <laughs> For some reason, I cannot quite get that. Puglia. Tell us about Puglia. Well, for, to arrive in Puglia, you need to fly to Bari, um, which is down in the heel of Italy. Uh, if you imagine Italy as a, a boot when you're looking at the map. And um, it's on the coast. And you'll stay either in a little hilltop town called Ostuni, close to the coast, or in Martina Franca. And both of them are lovely, typical towns of Puglia. And ice cream. Tell us about the ice cream of Puglia. Yes, well, in Puglia and elsewhere in Italy, um, they... Th- there are gelateria, which is um, an ice cream shop, um, practically on every street or several on the street sometimes. And the delightful thing about gelato is that you can really eat more of it uh, while you're in Italy because it's not as uh, calorific as ice cream as we know it here, because gelato is made with less dairy product and little egg, if any, um, and also made with lots of local fruits and in a very, very um, expert way, so that when you're walking around on a hot sunny day, um, sightseeing, and uh, perhaps you want to take a little rest and sit on a wall and rest your feet, an ideal way to cool down is with a gelato. In time of year to go, which is the best time of year to go, do you think, or does it matter? Um, if you like cool evenings and just warm and sunny days, uh, best to go between April and um, May. Towards June, it might be getting a little bit hotter. Uh, the usual season for Puglia would be, um, as for most of the Italian destinations, is May until uh, June and then again September, October. Those are the two main seasons. But there are often departures in uh, April, for example, uh, or either way, avoid the hot summer months if you don't like the heat. Um, but the guides are very considerate to um, travel department um, holiday makers. Not only do they realise that they're, they wouldn't be used to very high temperatures and they try to you know, stay in the shade when they're delivering um, a talk on any particular place. Um, but if someone feels that you know, they've been walking around the city centre for a bit long and perhaps they're a bit foot weary, they, they can usually make an arrangement at the beginning of a tour to meet at a certain cafe in the shade. Uh, and take it easy for a while while everybody else carries on. Um, so no, nobody is made to feel um, obliged to take 
the full tour. Yes, it doesn't get into the territory of a militarized yeah. no. zone. No. no, no, no. Okay. Uh, well, it sounds great. And where do you fly into? Barry. Barry. Yeah, which is a lovely city uh, that is also visited on the itinerary. Very, very interesting. Okay, uh, lovely. Uh, we're moving around Italy here. Uh, I'm Gary Cook. You're listening to the Senior Times. Uh, now, uh, the big island south of Corsica and west of Italy, Sardinia. Yes. I've all heard Sardinia sounds, it sounds so mysterious and exciting and Napoleonic. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very large island, much bigger than most people realise. And it has huge contrasts of landscape and coast. Um, the, the place uh, where everyone stays on the holiday is Alghero. And it's a lovely, lovely town. It's very accessible. You can walk around it very easily. And it's right next to a beautiful sandy beach. So again, uh, for swimmers or sunbathers, that's a nice uh, opportunity for the free days when there isn't an excursion. But when there is an excursion, you get to see a lot of the island uh, going to the Costa Smeralda, which is the, I suppose, known as a jet set destination for super yachts and rich and famous. But it is um, a very natural uh, part of the island. The water is kind of a turquoise, greeny blue, very uh, unspoilt surroundings, um, just stunning to see. Um, everybody has to see that when they go to Sardinia. And there are also tours. There's, there's a tour to a place called Boza, which is a lovely fishing town where there's a beautiful fish lunch, lots of interesting things to try. Um, there's also a very unusual phenomenon called Nurage, which are prehistoric dwellings or prehistoric stone buildings that are dotted all over the landscape um, in Sardinia, um, in rural areas mainly, and you'll see those as well. But the interior of the island is very, very green and forested, um, quite surprisingly mountainous? so. It's mountainous in the centre, yeah. yeah. A little bit like Corsica, but not... It's got its own personality and it's got some interesting cities. And Alghero is, a, like I said, a very easy to explore uh, place. And when you're staying there on your holiday, you have a chance to wander around there in the evenings and get a bit of the atmosphere. So it's as a destination then, and the sense that I've always had is that it's not overdeveloped. Would that be correct? No, it's not overdeveloped. Until relatively recently, there were very few uh, direct flights from anywhere in this part of the world to Sardinia. So we're very lucky to have a direct flight to Alghero and I think sometimes Cagliari, which is further south. Alghero is ideal, yeah. And Alghero is in the northwest of Yes, more or less, yes it is. Okay, and it's, um, again, is there any particular time of the year that's better to go than others? Uh, The holidays operate really in early summer and autumn, not in the high seasons, July and August, because that's when all the beach holiday people are heading there not necessarily for touring (laughs) beach holiday people i love that yes it sounds like a band including the italians themselves of course they 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 love they love sardinia yeah they go on they can go on the ferry they can take their car it's very popular which is a good sign that they like to go there yes indeed yeah and anywhere the italians go you know there'll be good food there'll be nice wine there'll be lots of fun it's a it's a good sign. <laughs> I was going to ask you a, a more generalized question. Uh, you mentioned the word wine, mm. which I always find attractive. Uh, so, 
Italian wine, I don't know a huge amount about it or even very much other than you know, Barolo and the grapes. Yes. Uh, Narod Vola and yeah. so on. Valpolicella uh, uh, and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Valpolicella. Yeah. <laughs> Valpolicella. <laughs> um, and uh, so on. So what's your, what's your take on Italian wines? Oh, well, and again, that's a, a big subject, but... Um, the great thing about Italian wines is there are so many different grape varieties and the, with the the differences from region to region in the terrain and in the the climate as well, um, you get a huge variety and some of those uh, grapes have been grown since Roman times, uh, so there's really something to be said for something that's gone on for that so long. So they know a thing or two about it. <laughs> they know it. a thing or two. <laughs> so in, if you would like to know some of my favourites, yeah. um, I could say in... The south, I love a Falangina, which would be from the area around Naples. Is that red? Or? It's a white. Yeah. Yes, very fruity and refreshing, um, lovely with fish. Um, in the north of Italy, maybe Lugana from the shores of Lake Garda is a lovely wine. And some of these pop up in our supermarkets and in our local wine shop, of course, as well. Uh, so we can buy them at home and try them out. But trying them there is really special because... Uh, they go so well with the local foods. But in, in for reds, well, Barolo is from the north, um, as you probably know, and um, a lovely, rich um, accompaniment to meaty dishes. And in the south, um, in Puglia and in Sicily, you have lovely Nero Davola and Primitivo. There's just a huge encyclopedia of Italian wines. I mean, it'd be like a lifetime study, but one of the nicest things you can do really is when you're eating in a simple restaurant, like a trattoria style restaurant lunchtime, ask for the vino da tavola, which is the house wine really. And it could be something the restaurant owner has made him or herself, or their family grows grapes up the hill somewhere and they've just, they're going to give you a jug of it for about five euro and you're going to have a great time. And it's of quality. Of quality, yeah. And has not been treated with chemicals or, you know, uh, stuff that makes it uh, possible to export it. Uh, one place that I uh, would like to talk about, just uh, we're going to wrap this up fairly soon, um, Assisi. Assisi, yes. That would be Saint high Francis. on the list for a lot of people um, so with the association with St. Francis. And it's... A beautiful city, beautifully preserved. Um, the association with uh, with Francis for everybody who grew up in Ireland, I think, is well familiar. And his love of animals and um, as a kind of a benign, friendly saint, I think we view him. Um, so the guide would give you a lovely uh, overview of the life of St. Francis while visiting Assisi. That would be on the holiday, which is based in Fuji in the Lazio region. And that holiday um, generally covers uh, Rome and Assisi and another Umbrian city called Spoleto. And you have two visits to Rome, uh, two day visits, Christian Rome and ancient Rome in that holiday, and a day out to Assisi and Spoleto. And staying in Fuji, you're staying in one of those thermal spa towns where um, everything is very civilised and very... it's, It's in a rural region, but it's a big enough town, so there's shops and there's restaurants and... It's all a nice combination. You get back to this idea of incredible diversity within that country, but it's inevitable because it's 
so long. It's, yes. It's virtually in North Africa at one end, and it's that's right. It's yeah. In Germany at the other end. Yes. Uh, yes, so indeed. So it is extraordinarily. Yeah. Uh, diverse. diverse. Yeah. 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 And then, obviously, the French influence on one side and the more Eastern European influence on another side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the people, would you say, what's the temperament of the people? I think we touched on this maybe last time, but Mm -hmm. slight difference in North and South or? I think you could say, yes, there still is. Um, I think every, my main impression of the South is that everything seems more lively. People speak maybe more more loudly they wave their arms around a bit more <laughs> um there's always lots of laughter there can be a bit of shouting here and there but it's it's just fun and lively and it's lovely to listen to the sound the sound of people speaking in southern italian dialects is is always to me like music <laughs> and then in the north um everything a little bit more sedate um a very important thing in Italian culture all over, but especially in the north, is la bella figura, which means the good impression. So people don't go out without polishing their shoes, you know, and making sure that they're dressed nicely. And um, they like to celebrate all their occasions in a big way, uh, north and south, really. You know, you see entire extended families taking up almost a whole restaurant with, say, a christening lunch or a or a birthday, and it will start at about one o'clock and it'll still be going on at about six. Um, They have a lovely sense of occasion. Yes, they're not, uh, when you say uh, starting at one and still going on at six, uh, they're not quite the Herculean boozers that we are here, are they? No, no, not at all. No, uh, drinking is really with food. First you have your aperitivo and you have a few little snacks with your aperitivo. And then you move on to your antipasti, which would be a f- more um, small dishes. And then your first course of pasta or maybe a rice-based dish. And you might have a couple of different wines along the way before you get as far as your secondo piatto, your what we might call a main course, but which is actually usually a smaller dish after the pasta course. Um, and then they could even have a little um, digestivo, which would be like a liqueur of some kind, an amaretto or a, or a, a limoncello if you're down in the south in on the Amalfi coast it's very popular uh, liqueur made of lemons um, but they would not drink in huge quantities no so Gina uh, thank you very much Italy sounds incredibly diverse and there is so much to talk about we're going to get a certain amount of time well thank you very much we certainly brought uh, Italy to life and painted it in a in a very tantalizing way i want to go there now Uh, (laughs) so do i (laughs) so well thank you very much and we look forward to talking to you again great that was gina hingerty talking about italy and once again thanks to our sponsor expressway doro phones And will phone poke a newawet, and will knappy no fum nis orjawet. Nis eskalehusaj, faker na phone in takata gwin, on sho, egg daro. And phone klishte is dani, gidi gohan la hai glina, agus taskina. Ta rod egen, gogachtina. Ta nismo olis, egg daro.com.